Hi, and welcome to the Check Your Shells podcast. This is Roger. And Ian. And we're here today to tell you about some upcoming library events. Boy, do we have some events. I heard that on... Wait, no, no, no. I heard wrong. I heard on September 29th, there is a Muggle with a Mic podcast talk. I heard that too. I guess more people do podcasts than just us. Uh, yes, us wizards. Uh, it has expanded out of the wizarding world into all you muggles with your, your silly little hacks and uh, electronics. <laughs> like most li- librarians with their silly hats, electronics. Um, anyway, that is 5 o'clock on September 29th, but I may have gotten ahead of myself, because before that, the whole week before that, September 19th through the 23rd is a book sale from 10 to 5 every day inside the library. Wait, hold on. Every day? Every day from 10 to 5. You can go to the Apple Festival, you can get you a corn dog, you can get whatever that is people get at the Apple Festival. Mushrooms? Uh, Not this year, I don't think. Brutal. Um, I'm sure there's something to eat there, though. Some good carny food, get some nice sticky fingers from the caramel apple, come in and buy all the books that you want. Now, Roger, every day of the Apple Festival sounds too good to be true. It is, but that is what we are here at the library doing. We just do things that are too good to be true on a daily basis. Well, what's the catch? What are these books? Like a million dollars? They are just by a donation. If you have an extra million dollars on you, we will gladly take it. But if all you have is a dollar, we'll take that too. And all the pocket lint that you got in there. That's true, and we'll take it all. We can use that for our knitting circle. Which takes place every Tuesday, I believe. Is that correct still? Maybe it's on Monday from 4 to 6. 4 to 5. Off the record, I'm pretty sure that Art Club is replacing Knitting Club because Art Club is at Tuesdays at 4. Oh, you could do both at the same time, come to think of it. Because knitting is an art. So what is this, <laughs> what is this Art Club that you speak of? Um... The children's librarian, Kay Thorne, is going to be hosting an after-school art club at uh, 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. Uh, it's just going to be a general thing. You know, you come in, you're given supplies, uh, and you kind of just do whatever you want. Now, Kay is a very skilled artist. I'm sure she could walk you through some things, but it's more about uh, nurturing the creativity of children as opposed to telling them what to do. Um, just a nice forum for people to get together. Yeah, to get together to make and all the supplies would be here. And and that's I think the the part that she really was excited about was that um, and most kids like doing art stuff, but the issue is uh, acquiring supplies and the cost and the cleaning. Clean. Yeah, yeah. big one with the cleaning, and uh, you don't have to worry about any of that because we'll supply the supplies. And, um, and we have a cleaning service on Tuesday evenings. That is true. So get it as dirty as you possibly can. You heard it here from Ian first. Speaking of which, your last name is Thorne. It is. It's a complete Are you related to this, Kay Thorne? No, complete coincidence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, she's not your sister. That is true. Huh. She is not my sister. That's weird. Uh, let's see. What else do we have going on? I believe, starting next week, preschool story time starts on Mondays at 11. 
which is totally different than the preschool story time that's been happening on Wednesdays. Correct. For the last 300 years at the Jackson City Library. It has been changed to Monday in an effort to make it more convenient for the parents. That is true, and this has been after a long summer hiatus of uh, reading. Of preparing and studying. And on Thursdays at 11 is toddler story time. Correct. So, so that takes care of our story times. That takes care of the book sale, art club, Muggle with a Mic podcast in September. It seems to me there's something else. Something those young people call Eniblaze? Or some other club. What was that? Animal club? Anime club. Oh, yeah. Roger, you're so out of touch. It's endearing. Um, Anime. The Jackson City Library is currently starting Anime Club uh, Tuesdays, every other Tuesday, rather, at 4 p.m. We are meeting tomorrow, which will be the 8th of September, I believe, and that is going to be our very first meeting. All ages are welcome. Um, We're kind of just going to sit around, uh, talk and discuss about our favorite anime and manga, and we're also going to plan out some enjoyable crafts and games and uh, there's going to be snacks it's going to be a pretty cool time I hope hmm. sounds cool anytime snacks are involved it's got to be cool yeah that is entirely true and then it looks like coming up in October the big event uh, we wanted to talk about yes. is October 13th at 6 o'clock James A. Willis. He just authored a new book that Ian has in front of him called Southern Ohio Legends and Lore. Yes, uh, it's a very interesting book full of 100% verified hauntings and specters and creatures. Um, you know, uh, right now I have, there's no, there's no explanation for this. I've turned right to a page called The Unexplained. Mm-hmm. Um, referring to Ohio's very own Loveland Frog. Uh, I know we all love the Loveland Frog, and he needs no introduction, but for those who are uninitiated from outside of the state, perhaps, um, the Loveland Frog, as quoted by um, James A. Willis, is a sort of four to five foot tall, half man, half frog creature who is said to have stalked the waters around Loveland, Ohio since 1955. Now, that's an old frog if he's still living. It's a giant frog. So, I mean, giant frogs typically live a little longer. And uh, when they're bipedal like that, uh, it means they're more or less immortal. So this frog... What would a frog like that eat, you think? People. Because it's big. Like, a regular frog eats what? Flies? Mm -hmm. Other things, I'm sure. But mostly flies, I bet. Really big flies, probably. Horse flies? I mean... Mothman. What about Mothman? Is that is that would really the Loveland Frog thing? eat Mothman? Well, Mothman is more well known in West Virginia, where he yeah. perched on the bridge. But the bridge was actually, I think it's just one of those things. West Virginia tries to steal Mothman from Ohio because he is actually perched on the bridge that went from Point Pleasant to Galpolis. Hmm. So he goes both ways. Interesting. So I never knew that about Mothman, but I think that if it came down to a tussle between. 
the Loveland Frog, and Mothman. Um, well, I mean, we don't know their attributes. Uh, is Mothman capable of sustained flight? How tall is Mothman? How much can he bench press? I bet this I frog... Does he even lift? I mean, that's... We don't... We just don't know. Um, but I bet... And once again, this is all speculation. I bet this frog can jump like crazy. I mean, he was probably like Michael Jordan on, on steroids. Um, not, not that I'm taking a stand one way or another on that, but... Um, on steroids or on Michael Jordan? Uh, either, both. both. Okay. Or, or the frog, so all three. Okay. Um, I, I can't say if a, a large a humanoid frog could actually jump very high, but um, it just seems like nature would say that this frog would absolutely demolish Mothman. I'm picturing it with, like, kangaroo legs. I th- Strangely, there's no, like, actual pictures of it in here, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, there is a lovely picture of the pentagram, uh, made by the Athens County... Oh, I have heard of the pentagram. It's a pentagram of cemeteries in Athens, and right in the center is the actual, like, center of the town of Athens, or Mm -hmm. city of Athens. Yeah. Um, Athens has a lot of uh, ghost lore. Yeah. Uh, Listen, you and I were talking about this before we started. I lived in Athens for half a decade. Not once did I ever encounter anything that would have remotely uh, resembled a ghost. I mean, I know they're pretty translucent most of the time, so... Yeah, and maybe you aren't, you know, haunting the right places, per se. That's true, and I can say that there definitely were a lot of times where I was hit by a just unexplained, very intense cold chill, but I usually chalk that up to uh, Athens dorms not being super great. And the idea that southern Ohio is very cold in the winter. Yeah, I mean, it typically does get pretty cold. Uh, so when I woke up in the morning, I didn't have socks on. I stepped on those cold tile floors. Uh, my first thought was not that it was some sort of uh, tile specter. I can see that. But, you know, and I think also Athens itself just has that. It's an old town. Ish, yeah. Old-ish. So, I mean, there's a lot of bricks, a lot of things that just makes it seem, you know, hmm. a little scary, even though it's probably not... I have like never encountered haunted. any ghosts either. I've I've been around. I've hung out at the ridges. Yeah, I went through some tours there. You never got I never got scared. Fondled by a ghost. And I've never been touched by a ghost. That's uh I mean, you'd think that they would guarantee at least some sort of spectral interaction. Yeah. It's so haunted. You would think so if it's that haunted. James A. Willis claims it's the twelfth most haunted place in the world. I don't know about that. I don't know where he's getting that metric from, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like most things, though. Like, probably from Athens. They probably say that. It says 13th, by the way. Okay. Just like, you know, like, people say that. <laughs> like, this is the best pizza in town. You know, who said that? Well, my mom did. But, you know. So, you- Hey, and I Martin, and you know, like your right now, like oh. your dog, like oh, my dog is the best dog ever. Well, yeah, to you. Roger's mom is the source of the Athens is the thirteenth most haunted. <laughs> you should ask Roger's mother about all the other most haunted places on the list because I yeah, that is actually what she does for a living. She goes around and rates haunted <laughs> areas. In the world, it's a, that's a really interesting job. I mean, she much, travels all over. It's honest work. It is honest work. <laughs> uh, uh, but moving on, someone's got to do it. That's true. 
Uh, what else is in the book? I see the it, he's highlighted the uh, the dude from Sabina again is in there, uh, Mister Eugene. Yeah, because uh, uh, that was in one of the Weird Ohio books. Mm-hmm. So. He's, he's revisited that one, and I'm really happy he did because, uh, honestly, uh, when we saw him last time, this this will be. His, his second, second time, but I think it's really like the third time maybe he's been in yeah, Jackson. Yeah, he's been here several times. At least this will be at least the second one. Uh, I think we all had a great time at his oh, life. Yeah. He's, he's an excellent presenter, and I uh, yeah, myself it's a great was, time. was very taken by the story of Eugene, uh, a an unidentified man who kind of just died, and no one found. No one claimed his body, and they looked for it for a really long time, and actually embalmed him, and. Uh, I, I believe they like had him hanging out the window of the yeah, funeral home. Yeah, and then yeah, then I guess they decided so many people were stopping by that they decided to put him in the garage out back and charge like a nickel or a quarter to go see him. Yeah, back in back in those days, it was amazing what you could get for a nickel. Because to see a body <laughs> now, you gotta like stumble upon some weird guy in the woods who de- who just asks you. Yeah, or be a star in some coming of age Stephen King movie or something, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, um, I looking back, I can I can see the weird, morbid curiosity that people might have had. Perhaps it wasn't maybe the best move to make it a sideshow attraction. But I mean, movie. you know, he had cost incurred. It was a funeral home. It's true. Nobody was paying for the funeral. It was just I a mean, good way to maybe break even on the you work. You don't think that, was that the government paid them? It doesn't. I don't think it's. I don't think the government really cared back then. Because that was back in the '60s, the world was a different place in the '60s. I think it was before that. I think that's when. I think they finally buried him in 1964. Yeah, I think it says on that on the back. There's a picture of this. Yeah. So Eugene, it says found dead 1929, buried 1964, and that was after several years of his body kind of being kidnapped. Yeah, and I imagine you know 1929. Let's think what else happened in 1929. Oh, I don't know. The Great Depression kicked off. So, you know, it was probably just a poor family and couldn't afford to go pick up the body and pay for it, really. Well, I'm sure that he had family somewhere. That's true, but uh, part of the mystery of this and the reason why it seems like just a part of the story now, but I think the biggest part for me is that uh, the man in question that we refer to as Eugene had a note in his pocket uh, referring to an address in Cincinnati and when the police followed up on that address, it was just an empty lot in between two other buildings. So, so somebody stole his house. Apparently, and uh, it's all—it's still an empty lot. Apparently, which is <laughs> which is even weirder in, in this age of like constantly purchasing every. Uh, Especially of, in Cincinnati. Yeah. I think you know the ultimate thing, which would have been cool. You know, just hindsight being twenty twenty, as if they would have buried his body on that lot that he had the address to. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool. I, um, hold on, let's see here. Um, he, well, yeah, he's still, he's still in the Sabina Cemetery. Um, when they buried him, the headline of the local newspaper read, Eugene, the man nobody knew, was buried here today. Which is kind of sad when you think about it. But, I'm sure somebody, I guess, I think somebody knew him. Well, someone knew him, but. They just didn't want to pay for him. Do you think that if you just came forward and said, yeah, I know who that is, they're going to make you pay for... I mean, you don't... It's 1929, man. It was a Great Depression. 
Exactly. Like you could just say, I, I'm not. Paying and you know, that. you have some friends that you'd kind of like. But you know, if somebody, if you know that they were dead, and you're like, yeah, he's in the window of the funeral home. You can look at him for a quarter. I, we'll just let it go. I don't know. I mean, I or would I you think... stop and cause a fuss and be like, that is my friend. His name is not Eugene. It's Ew. George. Yeah. Well, I just think that like we we sometimes when we look at the stories like this, we don't think about how isolated some people can be. I mean, I think it's even worse now. But I mean, imagine back then. You know, just some dude who didn't necessarily have friends or family, and then yeah. he's in some town trying to thumb his way somewhere else. And uh, did anybody ever say how he died? Like, was he just? Uh, they just was he found a young him. man, old man. I've never I seen think, any pictures of him. I think he was middle aged. Yeah. Um, let me pull this up because it says um, people spotted him while he was alive. Oh, okay. So um, he was seen around town. It said. And Sabina's not a very large area, really. I mean, maybe it was bigger back then. But. It said a few Sabina re- residents did recall seeing the man passing through, but no one recognized him or could even say for sure if he had been traveling alone or with a companion. One resident did claim to have seen the stranger, remarking that it looked like he was having trouble walking. And then they found him um, about a mile east of Sabina, um, leaning against a fence post along the 3C Highway. Uh, Later reports would claim that the man was, quote, very relaxed and sort of thoughtful looking. Like, ah, this might be a good place to die. Huh. Well, you know. When you find a place. That's true. Why move on? Just let it happen. I'll quit breathing here. Well, I mean, you got to eventually. Yeah. I don't know. Vikings refer refer to that as that one day. Uh, Maybe old Eugene was like, well, here's that day. I wish I was not right next to this fence post, but at least it's something to lean on. Yeah. I mean, better that job down to the address still standing of it. up, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I guess. that's pretty weird to think about, right? He died standing up, leaning up against the fence. That's mess. even weirder. Like, and he was thoughtful looking. Like, oh man, look at that! And then, <laughs> and then everybody else was like, "Look at that!" Yeah, yeah I mean, um, just but, complete three sixty there. So my favorite part of that story is the empty Cincinnati lot, but I think a lot of people's favorite part of the story is the fact that uh, while he was sort of, I guess, uh, interned in this funeral home, uh, it was a popular prank in the area to kidnap Eugene and to pose him around town. Um, He was the life of the town. I mean, it's kind of like a Weekend at Bernie's thing, sort of, I think. Yeah, probably um, not with a beer, probably. But, like, I I would imagine if you were at that funeral home, you'd probably get sick of people breaking into your establishment. Yeah, and wasn't that really the reason why they, when James Willis was here, why he said they basically did decide just to go ahead and bury him because they were just tired of dealing with people stealing him all the time? Uh, yeah. The specific case that it mentions in the book was, uh, they kid uh, OSU students kidnapped him and then put him uh, on campus on like a bench on campus and he was discovered the next morning in Columbus and they had to you know and it's odd that they kept driving him back down to Sabina where he didn't really belong either yeah I mean it, like you said it is kind of weird that he had literally like an address in his pocket and yet he was in Sabina yeah a weird I mean that's kind of a weird place to end up but there's weirder places to end up but yeah. Uh, it just, it's, 
maybe people were just built different back then. But oh, they were. I, I can't really quite imagine taking, I like, how far is it to Columbus from Savannah? But, I mean, if it's any amount of time, it's I a can't long, imagine well, you know, taking a corpse with me. And back then, you know, like, in the 1950s, driving from Savannah to Columbus, I'm sure it was a three to four hour endeavor. And just had old Eugene to have a corpse in the back of your car, you know, like I'm sure, I'm sure that trucks weren't that popular back then. Like the, I'm sure that it was in like a, a nice sedan or maybe a station wagon. The funeral directors probably did a great job, but you know, there's only so much that embalming can really do uh, over the course of more or less two decades. So yeah, I, I have to imagine he wasn't looking too hot either, especially. If he really did just get kidnapped all the time and sort of just left out, uh, that's a lot of exposure to the elements. For, yeah, for I would imagine there's some some chance of spoilage. <laughs> and, but the the one thing that I, I want to end this on is, uh, wish I could have seen it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not, yeah. I wish there were pictures. I'm sure there are pictures somewhere. What do you think so? Was uh, a dig some up. No pun intended. Dig, dig up some pictures. No, yeah. don't you think that James Willis would have showed us? The I picture? don't know. It's pretty weird. Well, I mean, there's all those... Times are different. There's all those copyright issues and things going into place <laughs> with pictures nowadays. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me... Oh, there's totally a picture here. Yeah, hold on. Let me pull this up. Yeah. Well, that looks pretty scary. And I don't think that I would have taken that guy... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would not have... Uh, I would not want to pay a quarter to see that either. Let I mean, alone put him in the back of my 1955 Chevy wagon and drive to OSU for a party. I mean, that's just... So now I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, uh, an, a newspaper from the time, and it said this man's body is found in a ditch <laughs> along the highway. So I, I find it a little harder to believe that he was looking... Well, that certainly adds another layer to that. Yeah. So, over one million people saw him, though. Oh, wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I think we've covered everything up through October 13th that's happening at the library. Just like to mention that everything is available for free at the library. For free. Um, we're here. We have events. Hope to see you soon. We'll be here. Bye.